0: if you have our system and you aren't running paid traffic, it's like having a Lamborghini in the garage that doesn't have any gas. So what you want to do is we use a bright local search checker to find out and position ourselves. I'm in Phoenix. Who's advertising in Phoenix? I'm
1: in. This is the seven figure agency podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. Well, hey everybody! Thank you for joining us on this session. I'm super excited for this episode of the Agency Success Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Mike King from Lasik Marketing Agency. I met Mike at the Traffic Conversion Summit. We're both active members of Digital Marketer Certified Program, and I sat in on his session at the Traffic and Conversion Summit. He unpacks some really cool ideas on how he's growing his Lasik Marketing Agency and some really innovative things he's doing to serve his clients well. And so I was just like, man, I have to have this guy on the show and just kind of interviewing and unpack kind of his unique philosophy and what he's doing. So Mike, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: My absolute pleasure. And I got to return the favor. I had the opportunity to kind of sit in on your session and I got a ton of value out of that. And that has driven me to kind of jump into your private Facebook group, which for those of you that are in here, if you aren't in it, you've got to be in that group. I think you drop a phenomenal amount of value, Josh, and I just got to give massive respect and kudos to you, my friend. So let's get at it.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate that. So I think the best place to start. Just tell us a little bit about your agency as it sits right now. Like approximate number of clients, approximate monthly recurring revenue. Everybody wants to know kind of like the current size and years in business.
0: Yeah. So a bit of my background is I went full time in our agency on January first, 2017. So we're just over two years into this, right? Monthly recurring revenue. So we've got I'd say roughly 12 to 15 clients right now that we're working with. Monthly recurring revenue are just around forty thousand dollars. Clients pay us $3,500 to $5,000 a month, and we are razor-sharp focused in ophthalmology, specifically ophthalmologists that want to do more laser eye surgery. And so we're really dialed into our niche, and things have been going great. We've been able to get to this point. I haven't actually prospected yet, to be honest. It's all been through strategic partnerships and like speaking gigs and a bunch of other things we can go through later. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far.
1: I love it. I definitely want to unpack that. It's going to be a key piece. Like, where are you getting these clients from? How did you get there? One yeah. thing I think that's worth like really bringing up is not a ton of clients, but a higher average transaction value. And I yeah. always talk about the rule of ones, right? One target market, one program, and the fastest way to grow your agency. And one big piece is what are you charging on a monthly basis? If you're charging seven fifty a month, you have to have a ton of clients to get to seven figures. At 3,500, Michael, you can get there with what? Like 30 or 40 clients. You'd be a seven-figure agency.
0: Yeah. And it's like, the key for us is once you've got something that works in a specific niche in a specific market, what I did to kind of give a little bit of the backstory of how I got to this point. So just over 10 years ago, back when I finished working for Tony Robbins, my brother, who's an ophthalmologist, invited me to kind of come work in his clinic. And so you name it, I've done it. I've worked in the operating room. I've counseled thousands of patients. I've Managed the phone center. I was his VP of marketing. And to be honest, what happened is that I was kind of getting to the point where I felt a little bit sick and tired of that industry. And I was like, you know what, I'm ready to go and be my own business person. And what caused me to actually decide to go into this as a niche for my business offering is I actually took on a real estate investor as a client. And what happened is that I was like, if you're an A player, you want to know what's the offers that are converting the best, who are the best marketers in that industry. And I was able to apply a lot of the stuff that we learned through DM, but it was like, I was kind of floundering. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I'm a small fish in this massive ocean. There's so many vendors already in the real estate market. So while I did a decent job with him, I realized right away, like, I can't scale anything that I already know in the LASIK space. And so that's what caused me to say, you know what, let's take all the stuff that I've learned in the last 10 years in ophthalmology. And how can I scale that intellectual capital that I already have, those campaigns that already work? I already know how to convert a client in this space. How do I transfer that intellectual capital to a non-competitive market, to a practice that wants the same result that I've gotten at King Lasik? And that mindset shift, one of the catalysts that helped me out with that was I proactively went after, and I'm a believer that if you want to work with somebody, you got to reach out to them and just, whether it's offer your time or services to get in front of them. And Jay Abraham was somebody that was somebody I wanted to work with. And I was able to be the moderator of a 26-week course that he did every single week. He was on delivering with high-level entrepreneurs and I was moderating that call with him And also on the back end in his group. And the benefit of that is it really helped me out with the psychology of how you can be able to market in one niche. And so seeing what you're doing right now is like, oh my God, that's like bang on. Like everything that you're saying is exactly the way that I think people should focus on in a niche. So
1: I love how you casually mentioned that you worked for Tony Robbins and that (laughs) you got a chance to work with two Jay Abraham, two of like the biggest legends in the industry, right? Yeah. But
0: the key to this is the way that I was able to work with Tony and the way that I was able to work with Jay is the exact same thing. And it's the same way that I was able to speak at Traffic and Conversion Summit. Your life is short. And if you know what your why is, and you know, what do I have to lose on asking for what I want? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The thing is, when you're able to be focused in one niche, it allows you to have absolute certainty in your ability to execute. You're now the person. So what I would rather do is instead of trying to focus on how can I serve this industry and that industry and that industry, I want to say to myself, how can I partner with world-class marketers that know stuff that I don't and be able to bring them into our industry? That's the way that we've been able to grow and provide such awesome value and have a strong lifetime value of our clients is because we're bringing them the fresh stuff. We're iterating our marketing continuously. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man.
1: I love how you kind of took your experience in ophthalmology and then you kind of took your experience in business development type stuff and then decided like, how do I weave this together? And that's how you landed on this niche that you're in today. Were there any other critical pieces of how you kind of like got into digital marketing as a whole before going down that path?
0: Yeah. So if I think back, I think it was roughly 2000, like my first real entrance into digital marketing happened roughly around 2013, just purely by necessity of like, okay, we could tell at that point at King Lazic, we're like, we've got to up our game. We've got to have a better way to follow up and follow through with our patients. And so that's when I first kind of got into Infusionsoft, but really for me is more out of necessity for the job that I was in at that time. And then when I realized, I'm like, hey, I kind of got latched on to digital marketer stuff. And what happened is like, I realized just if you apply this stuff, it really can make a difference. And what I realized is like, that's an asset. And that's kind of partly through working with Jay. I'm realizing this asset, this result that I've been being able to get for this practice, this client of mine, I can replicate that because I know how this avatar converts in this industry. Let's take all of what I've learned. And I kind of got to that critical point near the end of my time working at King Lazic. I'm like, I can bring this to other markets as long as they're non-competitive. So I think just the mindset, like I actually was at the point where I was like almost sick of working in ophthalmology, but it was because I was sick of working as an employee. And now I cannot believe how excited I am to get to do what I do. But it's like, I caution myself from ever expanding out of it because I already know what I can do in this space. So it's pretty amazing, man.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And for those of you that don't know, LASIK is the surgery you do on your eyes, relatively high ticket. What's an average LASIK procedure run these days?
0: Yeah. And in case uh, you're wondering why as a digital marketer for laser eye surgery, wearing glasses, I've got a degenerative cornea. I can never have LASIK. The average ticket price is $3,500 to $5,000. Now there's an important consideration here, which is that these doctors, so laser vision correction can only be done once. Granted mm-hmm. some people three to 5% of the time need a second correction. But here's the important consideration is that these doctors are always in lead acquisition mode, meaning there's a finite amount of people every single month searching for laser vision correction, right? And you want, I want my clients to be in the top three on Google AdWords for that. I want them to be one of the preeminent choices to do that. So the key is you do LASIK once and that's it. So they're always wanting more leads to kind of come in the door. And that's where the benefit of one of our offerings is our LASIK marketing system I'm basically taking what has enabled us to grow King Lasik so quickly and bringing all those processes and deliverables into our clients. So it's easily scalable within 30 to 45 days. It's live in in their practice.
1: I love it. So can you talk just a little bit about what your delivery mechanism is like, what is it that you do for your ophthalmology clients and, and the Lasik centers that you work with?
0: Yeah. So if you think about it, what does an ophthalmologist, they need to have everything from an online scheduler, They need some conversion assets like a LASIK self-test. They need to have something like a pricing funnel because if we look on SCM Rush, we realize that almost half of the searches that are happening right now around LASIK relate to cost. So what we use is data and information that we know that is already happening right now, and we provide all the different conversion assets, all the different notifications, text reminders, landing pages basically all in a nice little box for them. And so what happens is that I have strategically partnered with what I believe one of the best Infusionsoft agencies, implementation agencies out there, Get You Wired. And what they do is they service all the backend stuff, all this stuff for our clients. We're essentially the thought leaders and the project managers of our system. And I've got an implementation partner because frankly, I'm not smart enough to kind of do all this stuff on my own. And so I leverage another agency to do that. And so it's been pretty sweet.
1: That's fantastic. I think one of the cool things you said there that also were kind of critical, baked into your presentation at at TNC, was you're not just thinking narrowly, let's generate some leads for these guys. Thinking like the full customer lifecycle really is, how do we generate the lead? How do we make sure that lead actually shows up for the appointment? And then how do we maximize the conversion rate from appointment to sale? I think you're going much deeper than the average digital marketing agency, the average internet marketing guy, which gives you a massive competitive advantage, even in any space, let alone the specific space that you're in.
0: Yeah. And what I mentioned at TNC is it's like we're fishing, right? Like it's not enough. If you're an agency and all you're doing is helping that client to get a fish in the boat, that's not enough because until that fish is processed and sitting on the dinner plate until that lead has actually come in for a consultation and actually had surgery, if you're only offering one piece of the funnel, which is the lead acquisition part, then what happens is that you got to inoculate yourself against the fact of them saying, hey, I've got all these leads and no one came in for a consult. So I believe, again, by enabling us to focus on one niche, I know how a laser vision correction candidate converts. I don't know how a HVAC client works. I don't know how a Real estate person converts. I don't know any of that. I know how this person works. So I'm very adept at figuring that out. But you have to help the client to know what their conversion rates are to a consultation in our space. So every single week, I know not only what our lead count is, but I know what their conversion rate is to a consultation. On top of that, I also know what their conversion rate is to surgery. So we offer the sales training, we offer the phone training, all that stuff, which again, inoculates us against the competition, because if we have that full funnel, because I know it, because I've already worked in the space, I know what they need to kind of get the ball in the door. And then the last part is, hey, reputation management, referral marketing. So you got to see it all the way through, not just the lead part, but all the way through the end of it. And the last point I'll say is, if you're watching this video and you say, that's all great, Michael, but I don't have the skill set to do that, or I don't know how to do that. That's fine. You can strategically partner with somebody else who has that level of expertise and bring them into your space and then be able to do a rev share with them.
1: Yeah. Great stuff. And and another reason to be niche focused, right? You can really go that deep. You can understand like the conversion elements. You can get past service level. I'm going to get you ranked all the way through to, I'm going to generate leads. I'm going to generate literal revenue into your business. I think that's where all of us as digital marketers have to be going. We can't just be thinking we generate the lead. We got to be thinking, how do we maximize their revenue? How do we maximize their profitability through innovative online marketing? I think you're leading the charge on that front exceptionally well.
0: And you know what the other thing, which is a really key consideration that most people don't think of, because now I've got a ophthalmology practice in, let's say, San Antonio, or I've got one in Houston, or I have one in Seattle, or in New York, having clients across all these different areas gives me data points and intelligence to then be able to convey that information to my other clients. Specifically, I'll give you a great example. Clients were asking, Hey, our lead count kind of dropped in the last week or so. And rather than, hey, is the sky falling kind of thing? I'm able to preemptively let them know like, hey, number one, we've taken a look at Google Trends. It looks like nationwide, the demand's softening a little bit. And looking at other clients of ours, we realize that, yes, their lead count is down a little bit as well. So I'm able to know that type of information. Obviously, spring break was the reason, but I'm able to have that level of intelligence of conversion rates, of cost per click, of all this stuff across a wide variety of markets. And I can use that to my advantage when I'm communicating with a prospective client.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I want to hop back to something where we, you decided you were going to start a digital marketing agency. I guess you were going into real estate. What was it that helps you shift back and say, look, I should focus on a niche that I have experience"? Because I find this happens. People have a background in something. like They had their own martial arts studio, and now they're moving to internet marketing. And instead of just focusing on that martial arts studios, which would be a good niche, They're kind of like, well, I'll just try and find something else. What was it that helped you re-anchor back on what you really already knew? Because I think maybe that will help some of the listeners.
0: Yeah. You know, what? it was out of necessity realizing that I kind of sucked. (laughs) And, And I was like, you know what? I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I have the mindset that if whatever it is that I want to do, I want to be the best in that industry at doing it. And when you kind of fail at something, and I would say it wasn't a failure in the project, but I realized just how out of my depth I was, how everything that I knew was not really working. And what helped me through this was I was constantly asked by the owners of Get You Wired. They were saying, why don't we focus on creating something for this specific niche? And what happened is that I said, you know, let's do it. Let's partner together. So if you're watching this video and you say to yourself, I'd love to create some sort of system, but I don't have the know how to do that partner with somebody who has that level of technical expertise to make it happen so that reduced my sort of fear or anxiety of it as i had a partner an implementation partner that enabled me to do that and we went 50 50 on the build-out of our system knowing that they were going to be my implementation partner on the back end so that reduced any sort of worry that i had that i had to build it alone and that really helped me to make the switch
1: fantastic i appreciate that insight you know, we got a great group with us on live. If you don't mind, if you're watching us live in the Facebook group, throw a thumbs up in there and also kind of start thinking about the questions you have because we'll have a little bit of time to do some Q&A as we go. Moving on, like as it relates to landing clients, you've got this background in LASIK, you've got your implementation partner that's going to help you really execute well. How did you land your first handful of clients? Because that's always a tough question. What was the method to, to land that first 5K in monthly recurring?
0: The best answer would be strategic partnerships. And what I mean is this, in our space, in laser vision correction, when a surgeon is doing laser vision correction, they have to put a little card in the laser to use it, right? So that laser is owned, for example, by Johnson & Johnson, okay? So Johnson & Johnson reps, what they want to do is they want to have as many of their clients using that laser as much as possible. So they have a vested interest in increasing the amount of surgeries that their clients are making. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So what do I do? I have partnered with the J&J reps and saying, listen, I want to provide massive value to your clients, whether it's a website audit or, Hey, I'll, I'm going to do this webinar for your clients or, Hey, here's a paid traffic audit. So offering our services directly to the J&J reps. And what they do is like, Oh my goodness, like the results you're getting are phenomenal. Let me introduce you to client A, client B, client C. So that's number one, strategic partnerships because we both have the same outcome. The second thing I did was speaking at at an association event. So I would go find out in that association, what are the actual events that they've got? And how can I land a speaking gig at that? So that was a second way to get clients. And the third would be, okay, I got all these leads and people who are interested. How do I deliver a webinar or some content that adds value to then drive them to a discovery call? So webinars being in the association and strategic partnerships are the ways I grew.
1: I love it. I love it. So I talk a lot about the associations. I talk a lot about speaking. I like JVs, which is kind of your angle on JVs was so a little bit interesting. Like, how do you find that rep? Because to me, usually a JV would be like another guru already selling to the LASIK centers or somebody that's a consultant to those and trying to get them to promote you. Yours is more like you aligned with local sales reps that are selling something relevant to what you're selling. Can you kind of unpack how you would even connect with somebody like that?
0: Yeah. So what I would think to myself is, I'll give you from our example. So who is selling, who already has access and trust with the clients that I'm trying to land? Who already has that access, right? And so then I say to myself, who is it that not only has access and trust with them, but our goals are aligned, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason why I decided to spend as much time and effort and energy in with the J&J reps is because when that client sells more, does more LASIK, J&J makes more money. You follow? So our work is completely aligned. I've also worked with, and I have done those partnerships with other marketing companies that are selling into our industry where we have a non-competitive offering that I've done as well. But the J&J reps, because we're not competing with each other and our interests are very much aligned, that's the mindset. And again, I would give shout out to Jay Abraham for that, like that mindset of how to think that way is what really made the difference. So hopefully that answers the question the best. No,
1: it definitely does. I mean, Jay Abraham is famously, I think one of his famous quotes of many is you're just one JV away from a million dollar business. Yeah, I've heard him say that a lot of times on audios and trainings and things like that. Mm-hmm. So very, very cool insight. So let's talk about the client acquisition strategy as it sits right now. Is yeah. it still like those three pretty much are the main avenues, the JVs? The speaking and yeah, the association involvement. Yeah, we are adding on, and
0: I wrote them on my board here. So I'll rattle through them. Publications is the next one. So we have gone out and I'm looking at what are the five to seven publications that relate to ophthalmologists. And we've compiled it all in a nice little Google document where we're now going to be proactively creating articles, writing them, and submitting them to, again, be positioning ourselves as a thought leader in the industry. So trade publications is the next area of focus events. Like I'm going in two weeks to ASCRS, which is the big association where there's thousands and thousands of ophthalmologists that would be there. So I'm going to have a booth at Johnson and Johnson's event. I have been invited to speak by care credit. So care credit is another strategic partner where they do financing for ophthalmologists. So care credit wants to know, how do I help our clients to increase the amount of surgeries that we are doing? what do I do? I help those practices to increase their surgery volume. So I got invited to speak with Care Credit and they had also flown me out to Hawaii a couple months ago to speak at their event. So that's what's happening in two weeks. And the third thing, which we haven't launched yet is we're going to be geo-targeting the hotel that this event's at with an offer. So I'm going to be doing some Facebook ads to see, Hey, you're an ophthalmologist. You're in this place. We're going to geo-target and blanket you with ads. So we're going to be getting into Facebook ads that are geo-targeted Based upon people who are at this event, other ideas. LinkedIn, we're going to be doing. I've got a list of the next thirty videos that I want to be filming, kind of similar to what Dennis you does, and similar to what you're doing, like just dripping out content. I filmed a couple of them already, but we're going to be taking that content and being much more regular. At worst, weekly with dripping out content on LinkedIn because that's where a lot of our target market is at. I love your idea on the newsletter. I think that's a phenomenal idea. So we picked out the target one hundred and fifty clients. So. What I want to find is I don't just want to work with any ophthalmologist. I want to work with the ophthalmologists that are most importantly doing paid traffic. Mm. Number two are the ones that are ranked on the first page of Google, because if you have our system and you aren't running paid traffic, it's like having a Lamborghini in the garage that doesn't have any gas, right? So what you want to do is we use a bright local search checker to find out and position ourselves. I'm in Phoenix. Who's advertising in Phoenix? I'm in Boston. Who's advertising in Boston? So we use that data put it back into a shared Google Sheet document. We're getting all their addresses. And then what we're going to do is the newsletter and then direct mail. So we're actually going to, a cool idea that we've got, you know, those viewfinders in the seventies and eighties that have like a cool, you know what I'm talking about? Where you kind of flip your hand like this. Yeah. A
1: little click, click, click.
0: Yeah. We're going to be creating one of those and sending them out like kind of a lumpy mail style to our target 150. We're also going to look at, we've got three or four other regular direct mail pieces. We're going to be dripping out to them. And then email marketing as well. So as we build up our list and get better at it, we're going to be dripping them out to your point be omnipresent.
1: I love it. That sounds like a great marketing mix to really make yourself known in that space. And the cool yeah. byproduct is those 150 people hear from you again and again, but you're also creating content. that's going to make you super relevant to anybody that runs a LASIK center. Really? That's yeah. a critical insight. You're focusing on people that have the propensity to invest, right? They're already spending. They're already on page one. You're not trying to create a LASIK center that's just living off referrals and force them into marketing. You're finding someone that already has shown a propensity and a belief in marketing and say, look, I've got a system to make your car go faster.
0: I think that is an incredibly insightful thing that I would encourage everybody to think through. And I'll give you an example. What really caused me to go through this is we actually lost a client where they think buying into our system is going to solve everything and get them the results that they want. But the reality is, if you aren't getting a phenomenal amount of organic traffic right now, it's very difficult to scale and to get it to the level of results that they were looking for. You've got to run paid traffic. So the best ones to convince of that are the ones that were already doing it. And because this practice wasn't willing to invest in paid traffic, I was like, listen, guys, this is a $3,000 paperweight that you're spending for every month. It's not getting you the results that you want. And I believe that we have that fiduciary responsibility to not over-serve or underserve our clients to any extent. And so that's why people who are willing to spend on paid traffic, if you aren't willing to spend on paid traffic, I almost don't want to have you as a client. Let me rephrase that. You're not an ideal fit as a LASIK Marketing System client. Maybe you might be better served in a mastermind or on a monthly private group or something. But if you want us to implement and be in your practice, you got to spend on paid traffic. That's why targeting, to your point in that video you had posted, finding not just a 1,000 practices you want to work with, the top 150, really yeah. honing it down. Then yeah. I could give all my energy to them.
1: No doubt. Great insight. And so for you guys that are just kind of going after anybody you can get your hands on, that's fine if it comes in. But make sure when you're going out to attract business, You're attracting the high-end guys, the guys that have the propensity to advertise, the guys that when you do get them, you can actually get a result and they're going to stay long-term. will have a big ramification on the overall success of your business.
0: And to that point, Josh, is I am very, very reluctant on taking project-based clients and specifically ones that are outside of our product offering, because I cannot begin to tell you, those are the clients that take up the most time, And energy, and they feel like they kind of own you. Like, I want to set the frame of we know what the heck we're doing. Like, this is the system, this is what we're going to implement. And we are constantly iterating. But when you're doing these one off projects and you're essentially creating a brand new cake for that client, it's so much harder to implement and to scale that, right? So, that's why I think building something that you can scale and then iterating and constantly improving it and being able to convey to the client this is our optimization schedule, Mr. LASIK Marketing System client. And don't give them that freedom to kind of throw at you these a la carte projects. I don't like doing a la carte stuff. I don't like doing project-based stuff outside of our niche. It's not an efficient usage of my time.
1: That's smart. And that's one of the reasons you're going to go quick, right? You're going to continue to grow and you're going to continue to scale. So let's talk a little bit about fulfillment, right? So what does your fulfillment model look like? You get a client. How does the work get done? How do you retain those clients? let's just talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So here's what I realized quite quickly is I admire what you've got. You've got the team in-house. like That's just amazing. And and I think two years in, I realized I'm going to get to that point where I've got my own agency and we're all in-house and whatnot. But I realized in the first couple of years, my ability to scale and get results quickly and get to the revenue level that I wanted I can't do everything. I can't be a strategic advisor, and I can't be the project manager, and I can't be the Infusionsoft guy, and I can't do all of this stuff. Our clients have a lot of different needs that they want to have. And so, again, going back to Jay Abraham, I was like, who has the ability to provide the solution that my clients need that I could partner with and also be able to get paid an affiliate fee for that, right? So I partnered with probably a half a dozen different agencies on SEO, to my point on Infusionsoft. We partner with a phone call agency called OptiCall to handle calls for our clients. So my ability to scale, what we've done is we have awesome project managers on our team that are all 100% remote. And then we also have our implementation partners that our project managers work directly with that do all the implementation for our clients. So we do stuff like graphic design and we work in teamwork and we communicate with our clients and everything that's going on, but liken us to being the quarterback for our clients. So we're the one-stop shop For all these different vendors so they don't have to manage those relationships, but they need to know that we made a conscious decision to say, look, there's people that are better at this than we are. And we so value you as a client and we want to help you get this result. We've spent the time to bring these agencies in and then be able to make it so they can come in seamlessly. So we have about half a dozen agencies that have roughly 40 to 60 people working at their practice or at their consultant agency that enable us to scale quickly. That's how I've been able to do is by scaling through other people's agencies.
1: I love it. Be the QB in the relationship okay. and then put people in place. so You don't have to do it all yourself. One question on that front then to the client, they're paying that vendor that does the SEO or that does the pay-per-click directly, or are they paying you? Or how do you have that structured in your agency?
0: Right now we have it where they pay them directly. And then could I button it all together in one offering? Sure. But I made the decision right now to be fully transparent on what's going on. And then those agencies, in turn, once they get paid for my client, then pay back 10 to 20% back to us as a result of providing that referral to them. So I get the benefit of leveraging all the risks that they've done to create their agency. They spent all this time being best in class on paid traffic. And then I also get the benefit of giving the referral so I'm able to make recurring revenue from those relationships.
1: Very cool. Very smart way to structure it so that you're going to have to take on a lot of overhead and you don't have to be bottleneck yeah. trying to serve the client. Like yeah. You can focus on business development being kind of the QB and then letting yeah. the people that have the expertise come in and do their thing.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is that, so when I gave you the number of like, hey, some clients will spend $5,000 a month with us, that doesn't include their SEO or any of our implementation partners. That's purely you're paying for our strategic insight and us being the quarterback and project manager. So that's why Financially, it's much more lucrative that way for me to kind of segment out the different vendors that we've got and then have them to pay it directly.
1: Powerful. So on the fulfillment piece, one thing that you said at the traffic conversion summit I found really interesting was looking at your clients' websites and where the traffic was going, like one page on the site, I think it was the pricing page, had the most traffic. And so you really built a whole strategy around that. Can you talk a little bit about kind of that light bulb moment and how that's impacted the results of your campaigns?
0: Yeah. So I'll carry you through the mental process that we went through to realize this for our clients. And I mentioned earlier on Rush, which I think is invaluable. What we did is let's first of all understand. So I put in their keyword magic tool in Rush. we put the word LASIK. Then what happens is that the keyword magic tool tells us all the different types of searches that are getting the most amount of traffic in our space. And we realized like it's meeting the intent and the searches that's already happening in the marketplace, right? So now that we realize that, like, hey, like nationwide, there's a lot of people asking for pricing. And most doctors are afraid of actually engaging with people on that end. They say, hey, you got to come in for a consultation to find out if you're a candidate. In our space, there's people that offer $250 per eye and $500 bucks an eye, which is BS pricing. So what I realized, I'm like, people are smart. They appreciate that level of transparency. So let's put the word pricing up on our site in exchange for people to actually get our pricing. They just have to opt in, right? First name, last name, email, phone number. They then get sent our pricing. But the next screen after the opt-in takes them to a page, which I call our Swiss Army knife page. So after every opt-in, I want to send them to a confirmation page that has a video. And in that video are other assets that they can consume, patient guide, comparison guide, a laser calculator, and also the ability to schedule an appointment. So I've met the intent that people have, the question that the majority of people have coming into our website We get the opt-in and then condense the buying cycle. I have a landing page with a video designed to get them more information and get them to schedule on the back end. So with pricing, using that, we also will heat map the website. And we've realized that having the word pricing to be the first on the navigation bar, to be the first thing that people see has also resulted in increased conversions.
1: And we got that information from Hotjar. That's awesome. Beautiful stuff. And I mean, really smart, right? You're thinking about how we get them to the page. How do we get them to opt-in? Especially when higher ticket services like LASIK, like Invisalign, like maybe a kitchen remodeling, right? They're not just going to call and pick up a phone like they would in plumbing. And you've kind of looked at that. You use some of the best in class tools to identify, here's something we can get an opt-in on. And it's pricing, right? And that will probably apply in some of those higher end transaction services I just mentioned.
0: Yeah. And to that point, I believe that the number one place that you want to focus on your clients to help them to improve what they're doing is above the fold on the homepage. Taking a page out of Donald Miller's story brand, most of our clients and doctors, what they do is they position themselves as the hero in the patient's journey. We have done X amount of procedures. We have X amount of awards. Look at how many degrees that I have as a doctor. We're this blah, blah, blah. Patients just don't care. So what we've realized is that repositioning it to be about their journey and helping them to get information to know whether or not that they're a candidate. That is positioning and talking to your prospective client. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no doubt. That's powerful. Very cool stuff. I love it. And thanks for your willingness to share this kind of thing. So we talked about the team and a lot of the services actually being implemented third party, but there's a couple of virtual project managers. Can you talk a little bit about how you found those people, how you manage and retain those people?
0: For me, several of my strategic partners have a dedicated person in their agency that's dedicated to us. So I'm not having to deal with four or five different people in those agencies. So that's number one. My virtual team, I actually met in DM Engage. And I'm a believer that if somebody proactively goes out and searches and approaches you and says, I like what you're doing, I'd love to get some mentorship or some insight or whatever it is, I need some help, basically. That's somebody because that's exactly what I did to work with the people that I've worked with being proactive. So I believe in the law of attraction on that. And so then what it is, is said, okay, look, I'll give you two weeks, some paid, and we'll get an opportunity to work together. And if at the end of that two weeks, we both believe that this is an opportunity we want to explore further, then that's when I brought them on and hired them on. So I believe the value of working with somebody who speaks the same language that I do, which is in the DM side of things, was invaluable. So I've gotten uh, people that I've worked with directly from uh, DM Engage.
1: Beautiful. Smart. You find people that are already passionate about this topic, right? They're reading, they're at the Traffic Conversion Summit, they're in the DM Engage group, and they're like, who better to work with than somebody that's already avidly (laughs) consuming this type of content?
0: Totally. It's to me, I don't want to go and say, hey, you've got to watch Russ and Molly's and Ryan's and this and that and this, whatever, hey, and introducing them to DM. I want people who are already indoctrinated into that way of operating from a marketing perspective. Then what I can do is then train them on the LASIK side. But to have to do both is almost too much. So that's why I want people who are already in the same community that I'm in.
1: Fantastic. Hey, do you mind if we look at some of the questions that are coming in on the Facebook group real quick? Oh, man, of course. Okay, hold on. Let me pull these up. Let's see what we've got here. So oh, guys, this is also part. your cue. If you've got questions, now's the time post them in. We're going to wrap up here in a couple of minutes, but you know, definitely throw them in. Let's see. David Thomas says, yes, being a realtor, I thought I could help realtors, but they're a different breed and tough to get them to try Facebook ads. Yeah, realtors is a little bit of a tough niche.
0: Yeah, I think you said that in your top five niches that are hard to get into, real estate was one of them, right?
1: Yeah, one of those It's really hard to serve. It's just a weird read. So Chris is asking, do you only do PPC for them? And what does your price model look like? We talked about that a little. I don't know if you can unpack that a little bit more. Yeah,
0: I'm assuming when they say, do we only do PPC for them on the paid traffic side? or Perhaps. So we do... Facebook ads. We do paid traffic in our space. So we analyze the lead to consultation conversion rate for Facebook leads comparative to lead to consultation rate for Google ads leads. What I always say to a client is the battleground for you is getting yourself to be in the top three position for the people that are searching for lazy today. So the first place to win is on Google ads and with respect to pricing. So I think it's a $900 plus 9% of ad spend is what our vendor charges. And he charges that, and then I get a percentage back for every single client. And that's recurring revenue. I don't really have to do anything. He services the client. We connect once a week and go through all of our clients together. But that's a great way for us to offer that service. And I don't have to have him as an employee, right? On the Facebook ad side, Facebook moves so quickly. We're we're looking to dominate right now, and I'm actually working with Molly Pittman on some funnels for the Facebook side and LASIK, is simply because I want to bring the next level game to our space. And so we're doing stuff like Facebook Messenger, a lot of retargeting, and we're going to be going into the cold traffic side, using stuff like Ollie Bilson's phone funnel as well to grab the stuff that's already working out there and then bring it into our space. But our bread is buttered on paid traffic, then retargeting ads, and then also cold traffic on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Nice. So to answer Chris's question, it's kind of you have a flat fee that you charge, which is your Michael King expertise, right? Yep. And then yep. they pay for the PPC element, yep. they pay for the SEO element, they pay for yep. the ads element. And so, you know, all in they might be at $7,500 a month.
0: So let's take our engagement out of it and look at the other things that they've got. So if they're spending thirty five hundred to five grand a month with us, great. A practice that would be spending $5,000 a month with us would be in a major metropolitan market. So it would be like a Seattle or a Las Vegas or whatnot, or New York. And so they pay for the vendor for paid traffic, which is, let's say it's 1,000 to 1,500 bucks. Their ad spend would be between five to 10K minimum. Some of our clients are spending between 30 to $50,000 a month on PPC. And then I think the SEO part, to $5,000 a month, they're spending on SEO. But again, we're quarterbacking all this kind of stuff. So when they're doing 500 dollars to $750,000 a month in revenue, they can afford top tier vendors that we're bringing into play. You know what I mean? So that's what I do is I bring in top marketing experts into what I call a white glove client to prove systems and funnels that I then drip down to my LASIK marketing system practices. So I use our white glove clients to kind of prove stuff and come with the fresh stuff. And then what I do is once it's proven, we drip it on down to other clients.
1: I love it. Yeah, thanks for unpacking that. Really smart stuff to bring in not average performers, but the very best in the industry, talking about Molly Pittman and Ollie Billson, something like world-class people and plugging that into your niche. And of course, there's a yeah. bigger ticket that goes along with that type of thing. Because
0: you're able to get the result more consistently.
1: Yeah. So then Scott Andreessen, what's up? Thanks for, for joining us. He's asking, how much personal time do you put into setting up the client yourself? So it's like when you talk about all of these little elements and you want to be the QB, but how much time is there on the phone and getting the login and kind of kicking things off.
0: Love that question. So the beauty of the so we're talking about onboarding right now, right? Yep. Okay. We have an SOP for onboarding a client that we've already created in the sense that the second that they sign for their first month, our implementation partner get you wired does all the onboarding for that. Now that we've kind of done it enough times, we know exactly what needs to happen. So it's all essentially automated. So they handle the onboarding, which is the first 30 to 45 days is all done by your implementation partner. That's the beauty of it. I don't have to do any of that setup. It's all done for them because we've got a replicatable system to do that. It's like, we've already created this across this client, that client, that client. It's just, let's make it look branded for this next client that we're doing it for. So all of that is done by our agency. We do project manage and meet with them probably once every two weeks, but it's all done because we've created a standard operating procedure for that
1: and our implementation partner does it. So is that less than five hours, less than 10 hours of your personal time?
0: I'd say less than 10 hours over the 45 days. I would probably say 10 hours, but it'd be between five and 10. And then each client, once they're live, it probably takes two to three
1: hours. Good, perfect. And then follow-up question to that is, since you're plugging in these other agencies, And this is a scarcity question. The question is, do you worry about them jumping in-house? Just saying, hey, look, now that we've got the names of these companies that Michael uses, we'll just kind of take him out of the equation and just work with them directly.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. They've got that ability to do that. But the reality is, is that, not to toot my own horn, but I don't know anybody who's doing it on the level of digital marketing in our space that's doing it on our level. And if I believe that we were not serving them to the highest level and and that they would be better served taking it in-house... I would tell them so. And I would release myself from being their agency. So I'm acutely aware that I could be fired at any time. I'm acutely aware that we need to be setting the charge. And that's why my focus isn't so much on, hey, how can I make sure that they don't do this in-house as opposed to how can I have an optimization schedule that is so unbelievable in value, But and how can I provide them with information that nobody else gives them? So it's just like, why would they even think about it? Right Now, the other key thing, which I didn't mention is that our LASIK marketing system is set up as a subdomain on their website, meaning when you click on the word pricing, it goes to, so if it's ABC LASIK practice, it goes to lasik.abcpractice.com. What that means is if they decide to stop paying us, we take all of our system completely out of there. They lose the landing pages, the self-test, the online scheduler, all the emails, all the text minders It's basically off. They can't use it. So that's how we kind of work to not We make ourselves have a really good lifetime value because if they stop paying, then they don't get any of the stuff.
1: Does that help? You have some hooks in there. It's like, look at the value we've built. If you don't want to work with us anymore, then that's going to go away. And so that's a good way to kind of make sure they are going to stick around.
0: And if I don't get the results with them and if I suck, then I deserve to get fired. Like if you're not getting the result for your client, what are you doing in business? Right. And that's why I think it's so important to be focused on one niche is because I don't have that mindset that they're going to try to do this in house. Because to be honest, All the doctor cares to have is the result. I've worked inside a ophthalmology practice for 12 years. I know what it's like. They always want somebody else to do it for them. Very few practices will ever want to invest the time, energy, resources to do it in-house.
1: Yeah. I think something you said there that's really critical is you have to get the client result, right? The only reason we as digital marketing agencies exist is because we're supposed to know how to come in and get a result. So you have to be laser focused on being able to take a dollar and turn it into five plus If you're not doing that, shame on you. You're kind of doing a little malpractice in your agency. The other piece of that is it's hard enough to get results for clients in your niche. Like I'm sure you've experienced this. Sometimes it doesn't work right out of the gates for your LACI clients. Sometimes it doesn't work for our plumbing and HVAC clients. And we've got hundreds of them. So you kind of multiply the complexity being in multiple niches. It's hard enough as it is in one niche, let alone if you're trying to recreate the wheel for every random client that rolls into your business. I'm really
0: good at making ribs and that's all I want to make. I don't want to start going into making cakes and a bunch of other different things. I want to keep perfecting my recipe. Honestly, I'm just not hardwired to be in a wide variety of different niches. I got to be focused on what's in front of me in hand and just perfecting it. I love conversion rate optimization and that's how we're able to have our little hooks into the client because we're offering something that most other agencies don't offer.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Will Hank, what's up? Will says he loves Digital Marketer. He's a good friend of Russ Hunnenberry. Shout out to Digital Marketer in here. Russ is a good buddy of mine. I love it. That's awesome. Jonathan Luke, glad to have you with us. He says, so do you provide and hold the assets for the campaign, like landing pages, lead magnets, analytic tracking, split testing, or are they handled by your strategic partners?
0: So the sort of the blueprint, if you will, of what we're going to be split testing, the methodology of like the strategy comes from us right? The strategy is I think the important part, but also having an implementation partner that we have unbelievable trust with to execute on that strategy. That's how we do it. So the strategy comes from us, but the implementation comes from our partners.
1: Good stuff. So that looks like those are the questions. We're in good timing with this because we're right within our 45 minutes to an hour mark. If you're getting great value from this, be sure to throw a thumbs up. Be sure to tag Michael in the comments and say, Hey, sure. thanks so much for sharing this amazing information. Don't hesitate to do that. That would be greatly appreciated. As we wrap up, like what other nuggets of wisdom might you say for that digital marketing agency owner, where they're at? Maybe they're at like mid six figures or they're just getting started. They're looking to get to the next level. Like what value, what insight or nuggets of wisdom would you have for them? This is very self serving to
0: you, but I'd say make sure they're in your group. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. No, I think it's like, the
0: more narrow your focus is, the easier it is for you to be able to get a result and the easier it is to be able to scale it. I think the first thing is, is like, what is your outcome? What do you want to be able to create? You know what I mean? And I think one of the best things that I would advise anybody is find people who've already achieved the result that you want and do anything that you can to be able to be in their sphere of influence. Do everything that you can to be able to add value to their life. Case in points. the reason why I'm sitting here on this podcast is like, Very clearly, I realized, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. I want to be able to add value to what he's doing so that way I can be able to create that relationship. And so I think if you're a little bit confused and you're not quite knowing what the next step is, being able to be part of groups like what you've got or DM Engage and just asking questions and being able to talk with people who've already got the result that you want, that's probably the best advice that I can give to you. So that way you're not trying to spin your reels and do it all alone. It's a very lonely road out there as an entrepreneur. And I think you will find that successful people have that unconditional, I want to help you because the real successful people want to give you that belief that you could do it as well. Mm. And that to me is the thing that surround yourself, look at who you're surrounding yourself with and be around winners. Cause I think, you know, it sounds, it sounds easy to say that, but you know, to me, it's, I really believe it be around people who've already got the result you
1: want. Powerful insight. So anything else you want to add to the conversation before we wrap up here today, this has been Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for your generosity of spirit. Listen, guys, he's opening up like, look, this is what I've done. This is what's working for me. And be sure to share your love in the group for his willingness to do that.
0: Yeah. The only thing that I would say is like, I'd love to meet if we could have been some ray of hope and inspiration to them to kind of take action. That's the key word. Take action on what we're saying here. I'm open to talking to, to anybody if you want to reach out and you want to have a conversation about your agency and what you're doing. And I'm happy to do that for anybody that takes that proactive step of doing that. But if you are in a niche and you are crushing it as well, I'd love to kind of hear that as well and hear any sort of tidbits that you're doing. So I'm just grateful to be been on the call with you, Josh, and I hope this has been a value to your group.
1: It's been great. So yeah, if you're in the local agency success group, be sure to tag Michael. Thank him. It sounds like he's willing to answer questions. So he's in the group. So be sure to engage with him there. If you'd like more ideas, strategies, and techniques on how to grow your digital marketing agency, how to choose a niche, position yourself as the expert, get clients coming to you, systematizing your product offering, be sure to go to sevenfigureagency.com. That's where kind of all of my information lives. I've got a great four-part video series where I just kind of outline how we grew our agency to multiple seven figures, how we made the Inc. 5,000 list of fastest growing companies the last three years in a row. Lots of great free resources there. So you can just go to sevenfigureagency.com and it's the first thing you can opt in for on the site. Also, if you happen to somehow be listening to this outside of the local agency success group, maybe you're listening on iTunes or you see this up on YouTube, you can go to sevenfigureagency.com slash group, sevenfigureagency.com slash group. That will take you straight to the local agency success group. It's a free Facebook group where we're sharing great ideas, strategies, interviews, just like this one. We'd love to have you in there. And it sounds like Michael, myself, the others in this group are really excited and passionate to share and help yeah. you take your digital marketing agency to the next level. So we'd love yeah. to see you in there. Michael, I'm going to give you the last word. What do you want to say to wrap us up today? You no, know,
0: I have to say it again. I've been in your group for a few weeks, and there's some groups that impress me and some that don't. I've been incredibly impressed at the value that you've been dropping. If you are interested, if anything that's been on this call today has got your wheels turning, I think that being in a group of people who are focused on one niche is incredible. So I just got to give my hats off to your group. That's one that there's a lot of things that are vying for our attention out there. And we get to consciously choose where we want to spend our time. And for me, spending time in a group of people who are after that result, like just hats off to you, man. I think you got a fantastic group and I'm happy to to serve the community.
1: Awesome. Thanks again, guys, for joining us live. Thank you again, Michael. This has been tremendous. Pleasure. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, everybody. Take care.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Seven Figure Agency podcast. If you're ready to take your agency to the next level, go to sevenfigureagency.com forward slash webinar to register for our next 100%
1: free agency growth plan workshop.